People are not willing to invest the time to better themselves. Take two months out of your life, forget the phone, forget social media. And once you're able to understand that, you can, like Andrew Tate says, escape the matrix. Hey guys, my name is Rohan Singh. I've been doing e-commerce since I was 15 years old. Um, I've, I have, what, over three e-commerce stores. I've shipped over, I think it's over 6,000, 7,000 individual units in the last three, four years. Yeah, and it's, I love it. It's, it's, it's like my hobby. It's like, um, it's incredible to see how it grew so fast. I don't think I could have like, even imagined when I was like eight or 10, having a, like established like a strong cash flow business where I can I can have the time that I have now and still buy the things that I wanted for like a long time a long time so it's really been an incredible journey and super blessed for for whatever I've been given that's actually so you said at 15 how much did you have at 15 at uh, 15 first year we did around a hundred and ten thousand dollars in revenue that's insane damn hundred ten that mind you, I'm I'm in. This is the same room I'm recording in still, uh, and I did this off of a seven-year-old iMac. Bro, <laughs> not even uh, after that one year. Then I bought the first computer, uh, uh, like a Mac. I bought, I bought a MacBook Pro, and then I bought a bunch of other MacBooks and a bunch of fun stuff after that. But I did that based off an iMac and a broken iPhone. Yeah. So, like, what are people's reactions when you tell them you made 115 grand of 15? They don't believe. Like, <laughs> they don't believe me until they see like how if i'm on the phone like i i i now have now i have a better voice right but yeah I, I was 15 and i was calling all these suppliers distributors um microsoft sales reps and stuff like that they'd hear me and they'd be like oh we're, we're not taking any uh new b2b customers because they don't believe i'm an actual b2b customer until i actually like show documentation i remember the first call i had I was, um, I think I was what, this was three, four weeks before my birthday and I was kept on getting no, no, no. People stopped picking up my phone because I would call them like every other week just following up. Do you guys have more spots? Do you guys have more spots um, for distribution online? And they wouldn't pick up. I connected with uh, a guy at Senex Distribution, right? And I, I, this guy did not judge me, did not do it. And I, I, I told him straight up, hey man, I'm 15, right? I'm starting up right now. My father's making an LLC for me. If you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you, right? And I think what I've every month I order what at least seven to twelve thousand dollars worth of goods from him to this day. So and you mentioned so you mentioned your father. So then how did you? How, I imagine it'd be really difficult to get started, especially at fifteen by yourself. So like how did how did you start this with your father? Like how did this idea of like I want to start an e-commerce business kind of come up? So at first, right, uh, I'm, I'm a car guy at the, at the, ever since I was a child. I, like when my sister was born, that's kind of the first moment. My parents got me this like uh, Ford F-150, like those plastic trucks, right? Um, I've been a car guy since then. And I, I go, co- went to car shows and I've been noticing a lot of the people my dad would talk to were in this like new thing called e-commerce. This guy pulling up with a Huracan. I remember it was a blue Cephas Huracan with a black interior, soft top. Right, just absolute badass vehicle, and he's like e-commerce, and I was what around thirteen when I f- first heard that, and then over time I'm I'm hearing more about e-commerce, so I did a little bit of in, uh, investigation. 
one of our family friends was also in e-commerce. He's a he's a mentor. He, was, he would serve as a mentor of mine, right? Uh, if it wasn't for him and his guidance, I probably would not be here. The way I started was my parents didn't believe you can make money online, right? You have to understand our parents, if you're young like me, 17, 18, even 20, 25, right? Our parents grew up in a time that was not digitalized right now, right? At that time, the way you would make money and be successful is completely different. I'm not saying it was harder, not saying it's easier, but it was a completely different method because the, the amount of avenues and directions you could go were very limited, right? I think in, I feel real estate, right? My, uh, ever since I get, I had like a lot of exposure to real estate. A lot of our friends, right, they bought these properties 20, 30 years ago and that they're almost double, triple the price, right? For example, Manhattan, any place in New York that in the last 20, 30 years, it has exploded, skyrocketed, right? So those people who has been investing into real estate, three or four, maybe they, maybe they had three houses, right? Three houses is, I guess it's a stretch, but it's, it's not really hard to come by, right? Those guys now have a net worth of what five to eight million dollars because those apartments are worth what almost 1.5 million a piece, right? But now the problem with us is we, to get back then interest rates to get a loan, you like down payments weren't that much, right? Now, now you have to unless you're using an FHA loan or a VA loan, right? For us, it's completely different. So the real estate route is very, it's very niche. You have to have a lot of money, right, to go there. And I feel like whenever you think of a businessman, for me at least, I think real estate, safe investment, is a good, like it's solid, right? It's literally there. The reason why e-commerce is so weird is because it's not tangible. To this day, everything I've generated, all the revenue, all the money and all the profit is in, it's almost like an NFT. It's like in the air. You know, you can't like, it's not tangible. The products are tangible. The idea, the, the process, and everything is tangible because one guy's moving the product from here to here, getting it to the end consumer, right? But at the end of the day, there's no physical like property that, or like something that is full of value. Tomorrow, if the internet shuts down, I'm going to be broke. You know what I mean? Right? So th that's kind of how it works. For us, it's difficult because we have to get so much upfront capital that it gets really hard. So the way I did it, because I had to, first of all, prove my parents that I could, I could sell online. So what I started with was, I think every 13, 14 year old now has heard of shoe selling. My parents said, hell no. Like they said, it's bullshit. And they're right. At the time, I didn't listen to them, but it's complete bullshit. Sure, a few people can make money, right? But you really cannot make money. And even if you are, you're you're making what twenty thirty dollars on a two hundred dollar shoe, like you guys do the math, right? That's like yeah. that's not much. If you can make even five, so five to ten dollars on a product that you paid fifteen to twenty on, that's way more better. That makes more financial sense than than freaking Yeezys. You know what I mean, right? It, it it's it's in my opinion the shoe selling business is is kind of a is for at least for me what I I used to say. I used to use it as a way to get like expensive things for my parents. <laughs> yeah, I remember a lot of people were doing that back in like eighth grade or so. Like, there, I remember like there were people like they would post on Snapchat and they would have I think literally like a whole storage room full of new easy shoes that they were trying to resell. Yeah. So the yeah. the only reason, the only way that works is if you know somebody in the shoe yeah. business in distribution that's a, that has access to all these units. If you're able to get hundreds or hundred fifty pairs at wholesale then hell yeah, do it. But I don't think these 13, 14-year-olds have a retail license. 
um, it's you have to be established to have a retail license. And again, like a bunch of parents like mine, very conservative, won't won't let their child invest into shoes. I feel like that's I feel like parents would like to expose their child in like stock market, right? Crypto, I not much, right? I if I was a parent, I wouldn't let my son go into crypto, even though I I got lucky with crypto to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I try to stay away from crypto. But it's like 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 I think I sh- I sh- I'm sure you guys had the conversation with your parents, right? The shoes, it, shoes is just it's just like it's not really sustainable in my personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when you're younger too, it's just kind of like you know people don't really know like oh like if I can get 150 units at wholesale, then that'd be much better instead of doing you know just like buying them off of like copying whatever drops or doing whatever methods that they're doing to get the shoes. They wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be able to get them at, even if if they wanted to, even they had the idea, they wouldn't be able to execute. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like, especially for like an eighth grader, I think that's like when a lot of, I remember a lot of people were doing this in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I think it's more just like kind of getting your feet wet into that before you can really start like making some actual like money and having, you know, better investments and starting better businesses. I feel like okay. it's just kind of a way to, for you to understand how transactions work and oh, buying stuff and like yeah. that basic concepts. That's exactly how I started off, right? I sold, I started off by selling random things I had in my house, PS4 controllers. Cause I, at the time I just wanted to like see how it worked. Right. So I sold my PS4 and mind you, this is COVID, right? This is prime COVID time. And I sold my PlayStation, right? Like, Bro. PlayStation was like the only place we could like actually communicate with our friends and stuff, right? I sold that. And that was probably the best decision I've ever made because it was just dead time. Just you're not getting any like return on your investment. You're spending three, four hours on a freaking video game. What did you learn from that? Oh, I killed 30 zombies. Great. What did you do in life? You didn't do shit. You sat in, you sat in your room, right? But if you picked up like, uh, and I know uh, in your previous, previous episodes, you talked about uh, rich dad poor dad you pick up a book invest two three hours you're gonna learn some actual real life shit that you can actually apply and you might be able to make a couple bucks off of it and even if you didn't you are more well like versed as a person right than some bullshit video game or like just dance Two. like come on are you kidding me i'm like <laughs> I, I just don't understand why somebody and then you know what i find more stupider people allowing people to say like whenever somebody asks like like little kids or younger people, they're okay. But people our age say, oh, I want to be a video gamer, like a professional video gamer. Like I respect that, but I just laugh on the inside because it's so, it's so much like so much false hope given to them that it's, it's, it's embarrassing because think about it. At, I just like kind of shit on the video game, video gamers as a whole. But now look at like, for example, like when I used to game, there was that guy named Ninja or TSM. What do, I don't know. TSM like Pits or whatever. What was the thing? Myth. Myth. Yeah, yeah. TSM Myth. People are allowing him to make live the lifestyle of his dreams by dumping time on his stupid Twitch streams. It's just useless. Like those people aren't getting anything out of it. At least the TSM Myth guy is actually playing the goddamn thing and making some money. You know what I mean? I genuinely believe that talent in America is declining at a rate that is very severe. Why is that? Because I, if you okay, if you look overseas, the talent is not there, but the work ethic is there. People, people in the Philippines, China, India, for example, Russia, right? Co- computer coding, right? Coding in general, 
there, people are actually absolute cracked. I'm not saying here we aren't experts in it. We are experts. But those guys are willing to fight day and night to learn new skills, make their algorithms work better. And they all are devoted to, to, to serving an American market. Now, we're here in the American market. We're just sitting and we're kind of in our comfort zone. 90% of people don't want to ex- like go out of their comfort zone. They want their going out every night. They want their video games and Netflix. To me, my, I don't even own a Netflix subscription. Mm-hmm. Own a Netflix so subscription. why do you think the people in America turn out more successful than the people in these foreign countries? Because they have the opportunities. The people who are actually wise and actually leveraging the opportunities we're given here become super successful and like the un- unbeatable. If you look at the the top people in our in in our in our economy, right? If you look at the billionaires, the, when when people say, "Oh, billionaires should not have that much money," no, I, I don't agree with that. It, well, they, yeah, they earned it. So they earned it. You put in the effort. You played bloody Fortnite for four fucking hours, and you want you're you're entitled to their share? No, hell no. You know what I mean? So uh, th- th- I really I feel like the entitlement of America is really killing us. There are so many people that are putting the hours in, busting their ass off to get the lifestyle to provide for their family, provide for their future husbands, wives, and children. And I respect that. And those people are going to dominate. But then the rest of us, it just the proportion is so. The reason why the income gap is getting wider and wider is because people who are aren't at where they want to, aren't they? They don't have the endurance or the stamina to wake up at 6 a.m., go to sleep at 12, repeat, right? Like, to me, for me, when I was 15, the summer of freshman year, I think even you guys probably remember, like, no one could contact me. No one knew where I was. I was, like, in this underground state, right? So I, was, I remember the moment I was talking with my friend. We were playing GTA. At the time, I used to spend three, four freaking hours a day after school because school was four hours. So the rest of the four hours, I filled with GTA. And we built nightclubs and all that bullshit business. And that's when I was like, yo, this is actually kind of fun, right? And then I was in a white BMW, like the white convertible type. It looked like a BMW. I'm like a big car guy I mentioned before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dream car, like as a kid, I have like, I have a garage. I call it a dream garage. But the most affordable out of that was the BMW M4, which I was able to purchase a year ago. Hashtag blessed. But I lost a lot of money on that car too. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. unfortunately. But um, back to the thing. I remember telling, I don't know who I was playing with, but I was playing with somebody on GTA and I said, man, we're sitting with $2.5 million in each of our bank accounts with, with these dope-ass cars. Why can't we replicate this in real life? And since and that was the last day I touched my PlayStation. The last day. Because I was like, why am I building this fantasy thing? And oh yeah, I remember. And then this is just stupid 15-year-old me Googling what was the conversion rate of GTA money to American money. I felt like maybe some idiot in like, like California with some rich ass parents would want to buy my account, but there's no like conversion currency rate, so I just gave gave up. Yeah, I mean the idea of that does make sense. Like Devin, you ever play like golf video games? You ever play some like PGA Tour? I think that's like what the game is called. I'm not sure. Uh, a while ago, I haven't really played much golf video games. No, you like, play I've... golf in real life, man. Yeah, I play in real life. <laughs> no, like have you ever played a golf video game? Though? Yeah, 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 I have. Yeah, yeah. So like has has a parent or like any adult ever gone up to you and they're like you know, why why are you uh like let's say tiger woods is on the screen right like why are you playing this golf video game when you can be tiger woods and then they're like why don't you become the guy on the video game 
Like that was something that a lot of people, like especially a lot like, of kids, yeah, I've yeah. Like if you go to a sports camp, right? Like an instructor or like some private coach is gonna say, like, why, why are you playing like this game, right? Why don't you become for that person, right? Yeah. The thing is, like, yeah, Rohan, you're right. A lot of people are not willing, I guess, to put in that work. Go ghost because no, I, I, I really advocate for going ghost. I think it's something that you should do temporarily. Like you said, you did it for two months, but like when you do it for years and years, which is like what some people do, I don't think that's. A good idea because like then it takes away from i so, guess who you could become in a way agreed yeah but i so the way i went ghost was i had select people that i would communicate with so course, yeah. at the time business partners right family friends i mean family friends and loved ones so there was like seven people that could call me that i would text back if the, if it wasn't them i wasn't interested right um you also have to analyze who is adding value to your life and who is not adding value and if you're le- if people are leeching off your success kick them off the fucking boat because one that extra weight is going to make you sink one day right because you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with exactly thank yeah. you like that's, that's well well put that's why my friend group is you like i have a school friend group and then i have a friend group outside and i'm the youngest out of them i'm like mm-hmm. the only all of them have houses wives and i think one is like having a baby in six months and i'm i'm just like i'm they i get hazed all the time it's so funny they make fun of me but like I bring value to them because I have a different expertise and they're in different, they're, most of them are in real estate, right? Straight out of college. Um, but I bring the e-commerce aspect, right? So everybody has their own thing. We're able to add value to each other and we're able to grow ourselves together. You know what I mean? That's what I, I really believe that people should just analyze your friend group. See those FaceTime calls. Did you learn anything? Obviously have fun, go out a little bit, right? But that's, it comes back to this when I said again, right america is losing their edge there's people in the philippines china russia and india those are the top that come up to me and at the top of my head underdeveloped countries right but hella talent so much talent right yeah Um, these people they don't have your playstation they don't have your starbucks they don't have your bmw mercedes parked out outside of their house and they don't have wealthy parents living in single family freaking homes and engaged communities well, I also think it's a societal norm. Like, if you ever just see people that grow up in China or something, right? Like, yeah. if you do not work, I guess, like, if you don't work, like, I think the average work day over there is, like, 12 to 16 12 hours. To, yeah. Yeah. So, if you don't work that, like, time frame for, like, let's say a week or so, like, that yeah. could get you killed. Like, that's just the way things are over there. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. very and – the, and the competition is very severe there. I'm not saying that it's, it's healthy and not it's – not, it's, it's not healthy at all. 12 to 16 hour work weeks, I, I, they shouldn't be happening. But what I'm saying is the, the ambition that is in those underdeveloped countries, there are people there that are willing to kill, kill people with their own hands to get the spots we have. And I feel like people don't really understand that. And they need to understand that if somebody from the underdeveloped country with the skills they have could, could have one way to switch with us, they'd do it in a second right? They will do anything to switch with any of us, right? It doesn't matter if you're super wealthy and going to a $50,000, $60,000 a year private school or you're going to a public school. The fact of the matter is we are in these zip codes. We are around opportunity, right? It's just the see, We are around opportunity, but we don't have ambition. And that's why if you look, a lot of these top... Well, why don't you think people in America don't... Why do, why do we not have the ambition? Like I said before, it's the comfort zone. It's our video games. It's our Netflix and chill. It's our it's our date nights. It's all of that combined. If you, like,
like a, a lot of people come up to me saying, oh, um, like on Instagram or here or there, oh, I like to go on date nights. I like to do Netflix. Yeah, do that once in a while, right? But don't do that every night. You don't need to do that every night. If you're sacrificing your sleep for that, like in my opinion, if you don't sleep at nine and wake up at like four or five, you're wasting your life, man. Like, what are you, like, is Netflix, is the Bridger, what is it, a show called Bridgerton or Stranger Things? Man, I don't even have a Netflix for subscription. It's just useless. You're just dumping time, making money for others. For me, I would personally never make money for other people. I did not get into TikTok. I did not download TikTok till now. And the only reason I download TikTok is for marketing purposes, to make money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. TikTok is... Very the, Andrew Tate mentality right there. I... Andrew Tate is a man I very I respect very very dearly. I don't I don't I respect all of the things he says, but seventy five to eighty percent of what he says is is all is very true. And yeah. His past is questionable, but his teachings and his values, okay, his values are questionable, but what he says, <laughs> <laughs> people what think he's a degenerate. So yeah, but but again, if the degenerate made it and you're not a degenerate, why didn't you make it? Makes sense. He he did it right. He didn't have talent. Oh, he, he did have the talent. He's from. That's a perfect. Andrew Tate is actually a prime example, right? We have like look look at the talent. Jake Paul. These are the boxer. These are the so-called boxers we have in America. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI, right? But now compare that to uh, whatever he's from, Armenian or whatever. His fighting style or any the what there was the he, the Muslim fellow. His name was Khabib, right? Mm-hmm. That man, I respect so much. So much respect for him. He came in and he beat the living shit out of Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is a great example of... He's a great fighter, I think. I'm not an MMA expert. He does have talent, but he runs his mouth a little bit too much. He, is, he has money. I was going to say he doesn't put his money where his mouth is, right? He, he does have money, but his mouth is a little bit too large, for the amount of money he has, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, do you, but do you think that, like, once you've achieved what McGregor has achieved, you you deserve the ability to be able to do that? It's just a personal choice that some people don't because they want to stay humble. Yes, but then retire. <laughs> I guess. Right? Why would you go in MMA boasting you're the I what what is it? Fuck you, mate! Like well, I don't can't do the Irish accent, but whatever he says, I'm the best boxer in the world, or whatever, right? But then Khabib beats his ass, and Khabib who grew up in where, where did he grow up in Russia, right? It, uh, he lost. Well, you his... ever hear that quote? It's like the uh, a wolf at the top of the hill is not as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that's the... exactly what I think that is. Oh yeah, the, the, it's like the. The hungry wolf will always run farther than the... Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 100%. That's, a, that's, that's exactly what it is. You need... To, and I'm not saying Americans don't have ambition. They just don't care anymore. The idea of the American dream, I feel, is fake. Well, I feel, yeah, I feel like a lot of people, they think that things are going to be handed to them. But no, yeah, that's and just I, not reality. I'm, not, I'm trying to get political, but it's very... The COVID situation, how that was handled, how it's being handled right now is is contributing to first entitledness a bunch of americans and all this bullshit and i, I just don't like it and that when i i can see it in a person's eyes 
when I talk. Well, to I feel like COVID created a lot of excuses within people. Like a lot of people were like, oh, oh yeah, be- like for like, example, like high school, like people were like, oh yeah, because of COVID, I can't get a leadership position. But like, bullshit, no, that's, guys. it literally made it easier, if anything. Oh. So like, I have a funny story about this. Yeah. Yeah, tell it. You know, okay. So I was applying for uh, DECA VP of marketing, right? Um, see, I have enough on my resume. I didn't really need another thing, but I, DECA meant a lot to me at the club because it was the first place where it would expose me to entrepreneurship. And I, I could safely say if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be as interested in the business. I may not be where I am today, right? So it has a close value to me, close, like, sentimental so i wanted to give back and give those experiences to more kids right i'm a lot about that like i want to help other people achieve their dreams like i just find that like incredibly like it just makes me happy you know what i mean so i was applying and i i don't usually talk about my e-commerce business i don't if i don't need to don't i don't like to boast about it i like to be as low-key as possible yeah of course um i i think i even tell people that my car is daddy's money like it's funny you know? Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People were like you know, talking about your car when you first got your BMW. They were like, "Oh yeah, it's daddy's money." Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's exactly. So they think that it's funny to say that, but in reality, I'm controlling my image. Mm-hmm. It's subconscious. It's, it's this actually thing I'm getting into: subconscious marketing, making you think something that without you thinking. I'm trying to make you think it. I know that sounds confusing, but w- when you rewind it, it is a power. <laughs> yeah like i think that's like a type of lie actually like where you you tell enough that people think they know everything that's going on in your life but you've only told them such a minimal amount and they don't really know anything hell yeah man yeah i I got you i got you that's what i like i like i like twisting shit around seeing (laughs) people think it's fun they're talking shit they're like degrading me but in reality i'm making them say what they want well that's because you've achieved so much success yeah at the end of the day i'm top g i'm controlling what they're saying i'm the indian andrew tate at this point (laughs) <laughs> self-proclaimed unfortunately i don't have the muscles yet well, you're getting there you're getting there yeah back to the the deca story right so now at the end i was i was i accidentally mentioned i'm very good at marketing so then one of the other senior friends i, I don't think this guy liked me very much but um he, he asked so what experience do you have okay so then i just i just i was like okay so, reasonable question at this point i did mention i do have an e-commerce business because the other guy said have you tried these uh, methods somewhere and i was like yes i've achieved like what at the time i was what i had 300 i was getting what 10,000 12,000 visitors every week to my store so i just mentioned that statistic but um this individual this fellow i'm gonna call him tommy tommy did not believe me which which is pretty fair i don't i don't care but um he said it in a way that was trying to be vindictive to my application, which I took a little bit seriously. So I ended the interview by uh, sharing the sales that I had for that month and um, and a few of my losses, because I feel like your losses speak more than your sales. Oh, I made 100 grand at 15. Good, but how much did you lose, dumbass? You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. So I feel like that that, that speaks a lot. So I told them, I literally, and at, at that day, right after I walked out of the interview, I literally had to take a call to figure out how to liquidate all that garbage that I just overbought, like surplus I had. Um, so I was like, yeah, at the end of the interview, he was like, so where did you, um, oh, you talked about the loss that you've had in your business. Can you elaborate on that? Or 
or I, I want to make, he, I, I don't know what he said, but it was like in a way that he was like discrediting my credibility for saying that statement. So then I said, check, check out Amazon. I gave them the freaking link and then I showed them on the phone, the, the literal interface. Okay. And I left the meeting like that. That's how I left the interview. I didn't say thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Showed him the thing and I walked out. Okay. <laughs> That's how it's done. Okay. That's a great you story. Show the value and you leave. And yeah. at the end of the day, I walked out and my friend asked me, she was like, how'd you go? And I was like, how'd it go? I was like, I, I didn't care. First of all, I, I, like if, if they don't see my value, right, I'm not supposed to be there anyways. Because at the end of the day, if you're working for a place that they don't see the value in you, you're going to be miserable, right? Yeah. So everybody should know their worth. Obviously, don't overvaluate yourself, right? But don't be like, if I say, oh, I have the value to be CEO of Apple. No, I don't. Like, shut up, Rohan. That's not true, right? Even Microsoft or any of those tech companies. I'm not, I'm not capable. My skill set is not there. But my skill set is in places. And I know, the, like, you kind of have to humble yourself, but still, like, have somewhat of an ego. You know what I mean? You need to know your worth. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do. do. And I, that's a funny story um, I, I liked because it was like someone trying to put, trying to harm the application. And I just th- like turned it into a positive. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people could make that if they have the ambition. Hmm. So then how did you, so then what was the actual process of like building up your business? Just like from the beginning. Yeah, so it, I could talk for hours about that. Obviously, I don't want to bore you guys. So I'll give it like an executive summary of that. So the, I started off, uh, so like this actually, when I, whenever someone asks me, how do I get into what you can do? And I tell them, it takes, if you have a phone, you have a laptop and internet connection. Because you literally could do it from anywhere. So the way I started was eBay. It's called eBay arbitrage. It's finding a product online, wherever. The Facebook Marketplace is a place where you can find hella shit for cheap. Um, Best Buy, Clearance, Black Friday, stock up on a bunch of stuff like headphones and shit that you're getting at like 75% off and sell them at full price a month later, right? That's how I started. And at one point, I was moving 100, 150 units a week. And and from my garage, I have my packaging station. I have my... And this is all done from a free eBay account. I had to upgrade it because I I reached the the threshold of $5. And I I mean, not $5, 5,000, sorry. And I reached a threshold in a month of five grand. So I, I had to upgrade. After that, it's unlimited. But um, $5,000 is a hell of a... And the upgrade is, what, five ninety nine a month. So if you don't want to pay that, you can literally make up to $5,000 in revenue each month. Realistically, the cash you'll be getting will be a cr- pro- probably 1800 if you're able to do a solid business um lowering all your overhead costs then you might be able to push 2000 2200 max but 2500 is way too high i don't think you can make that realistically but if anyone wants to start go to google sign up with your gmail account you can sign up with your school gmail account get access to those therapeutic product research uh it's free man you literally put whatever thing you uh i don't think you guys know i the thing that really got me big was yoda you know yoda is yeah the baby yoda shit Mm -hmm. i actually have one right now it's like in front of my freaking um desk so these things were moving hella fast because of the mandalorian and i'm this is this is december uh leading up to december 2020 november 2020 
because Mandalorian was popular in December 2020, right? So I had probably 100, 150 of these random alien guys in the garage. And my mom comes home from work one day. She was like, why the f*** do you have these green idiots popping out of nowhere? Because <laughs> she, she was kind of freaked out from that. But um, I was selling those on, on eBay. I was selling Walmart, uh, wallets on eBay. And all of these you can find in um, your st- local stores, Target, um, what's it called, Walmart. Go to the clearance section. Split screen your laptop. You put your Terapeak research. Terapeak's research tool is free. And then you're able to type in. So type in like, for example, a lot of electronic deals. So like type in like Sony headphones and you'll see how much people are making, how much you probably could make, what keywords you can use and copy what works. Don't invent it yourself. If somebody's listing, it's getting 2,500 unit sales a month. Why are you going to do it different? Make an exact clone to him. Not exact clone, but look, use the elements he used. Use the keywords he used and and replicate it yourself. He won't give a shit. It's not like he's losing anything and it's competition. And if you're scared of competition, you're not going to, you're not, if you don't welcome competition, that's, that's, a, that's a big mistake on your end. Competition pushes yourself to do better. That's the easiest way to get started, in my personal opinion. What was, I, the, what was the research site you mentioned again? How do you spell it? Terapeak, T-E-R-A-P-E-A-K. It's all, it's all on the eBay Seller, seller Central, um, in the Seller Central like portfolio or whatever, however you call this interface, sorry. Right? It's all there. You just hit a button, you plug this thing in, and you're able to do do intense market research. If you're not spending an hour, two hours every day on you know, Terapeak research, your eBay store is not going to make it. My eBay store is top seller rated. I don't have a single bad review. I ship. I used to ship the day of, right? The the pro, I used USPS and they would get their. Sometimes people got them the next day or two days later. Like I don't do that bullshit. And then free shipping. If you're not giving free shipping, please, you're in the wrong business. You have to give to get some. And e-commerce is a bulk game. If you think that oh I want to sell five products and make five thousand, you, you you're not gonna make that because no one there's no markup that that you can put that much that someone realistically will buy. And the second the the question you have to ask yourself whenever you list a product is, will I actually buy this? If you're not going to buy it, why would anyone like me buy it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I see people presenting. I've, I've heard probably 70 or 80 product ideas. They're like, hey, man, let me, can, can I run this product idea by you? Um, and I'm like, I'm always like, yeah, let's, let's see it. I'm 90% of the time there. I know it's bullshit, but I, I don't want to like just cut the ambition down because again i want people to succeed as well right so uh, when they when they show me these things they're just like stupid products they're just useless they're solving a problem that nobody has like um one of the products were uh i think it was for a doorknob it was a grip for a doorknob i i think he's like oh there's so many doors in the house look at how many houses are there in the world if you put one on maybe like 10% of all the household doorknobs, I could be a billionaire. I was like, but why would I buy it? These doorknobs are fine. He's like, oh, but if you put like cream on your hand, you can't twist them. That's bullshit. You wipe it off, man. You know what I mean? Like it, it has no purpose. 
you have to think to yourself, will somebody actually buy? Does it solve a problem that genuinely exists? The biggest mistakes I see a bunch of these moguls online, e-commerce, oh, I made this much money, this much money. They're saying solve a problem. And then these idiots are solving problems that no one has. Like uh, one of the products I'm, I see is like, um, I think it's like something to do with a zipper. I don't remember, but it was just so useless. Like, Why the hell would you need that? It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, so that's like the main thing. If anyone asks them, like the main thing you need to know about e-commerce is find a product that solves a problem that people actually have. And if you're not willing to buy that product at the price that you're retailing at, retailing it at, if you're not willing it, nobody else will. It's as simple as that. If you understand the key principle, you'll be able to do very well on eBay marketplaces, Facebook marketplaces, whatever online marketplace you want to increase your business, get more sales and revenue, you'll be able to do it following those simple principles. It can even be simple stuff. So I remember, I think we were on a call like probably like over a year ago at this point, but it was like one of the products we were looking at was like, I think like the little conversion things that you put in your kitchen. Do you remember what it was? Conversion things. It was like, it has like all the measurements on it. It was something like that. I'm confused. I think that's what we were looking at. But like even simple products work. Simple products work. Yes. Like there's uh, hell, kitchen appliances, man. I've seen stuff, kitchen products that are just going off the roof. Those silicon things that like help the water be more powerful. Dude, those make millions of dollars a month on Amazon. Hell yeah. Go for it. Those are good. But just stupid things like like those cute grips for like knives. Okay, 10 people are going to buy it, but you're not going to have a sustainable business by putting like a bunch of butterflies on a knife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, what, that's what I believe. That, that's what I strongly believe in. And it's, it, it's hurtful. It's, it's true though. And the truth is, honestly, it, if you take the truth, it's, it's painful at first but it's not going to be as like financially detrimental and limiting in the future. Yeah, I mean, in order to help people, you have to tell them the truth anyways. And that's a problem with America. People are not willing to listen to the truth. If I tell somebody, yo, why are you buying? Like, for example, not trying to be typical, but females typically buy coffee at Starbucks more often. And every time somebody asks me, I need help with money. I'm like, why are you spending $7 on a venti? at fucking starbucks for seven dollars it doesn't make sense you know it doesn't like let's say say you don't go seven days a week because let's be honest seven times seven is 49 i don't think most people are willing to spend 49 dollars a week on coffee so let's say you go three times a week that's still a good amount of money 21 dollars for three drinks right um 21 dollars could have been saved and used elsewhere right you could save it. I'm not going to tell you, oh, save it, invest it into the stock, and you're going to get 10% every year. Because let's be real. Stock for, stocks for people like us like that don't have millions of dollars or access to millions of dollars to play with is useless. Oh, shit. Your $10 st- penny stock that went up 100%, you have 20. Congratulations. That didn't do shit. That was not life-changing to you, right? I got lucky in Dogecoin because um, I think it was, what, 24000 percent up when I sold it I was one I, I bought Dogecoin before anyone knew what the Shiba Inu or whatever it was I bought Dogecoin in um what's it called Sept- August 2020 and I sold it in January when that explosion happened right I took ten dollars and made it three thousand three grand from ten dollars that never happens 
that was extreme luck for me. I'm not going to tell people, yo, look, I made 10, I turned $10 and three grand. And I, I don't think anyone, any of my friends even know that, right? It's not reasonable. That's, that happens once in a while. It, and, and it's not going to happen to you. Not, that's why save your money and put it into places like you're willing to work. Right. In, in stocks, you're not able to you're not able to control it. Sure. People like you can do your research, you can do trends, but you have to be very skilled. You have to have years of expertise and knowledge. A lot of people don't have that. Right. So if you're able to save that twenty one dollars, compile it together and, for example, play around with eBay, Facebook, you can make a good amount of money from that. Right. You can. Um, 20, 25 percent is uh, the margins. If you do the business right, the margins you should be getting again if you did it right. If you do it wrong, you're going to lose. It's going to be a bloodbath for you. And there's nothing I can tell you. You know what I mean? Yes. The most important thing is educating yourself. And I feel like too many people want to jump in really quickly. And that's how the stigma of, oh, all of this shit is fake. All of these moguls on YouTube and Instagram, all these influencers are all lying. It's because they jumped the gun. It takes time. And I feel like, again, people in America are not willing to put, they want it now because of the entitlement and the comfort and whatever. And it's unfortunate. I think that's like where the work ethic comes from. You have to really want it internally because nothing externally is going to motivate you as hard as something internally would, I think. Hell yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm not motivated. uh, Yeah. that That I'm always motivated. I'll be honest. SAT, ACT shit, I don't give half a shit about like i really don't care i'm just not motivated for it i just don't see the reward especially with all these schools going test optional people are like are you going to college yeah hell yeah i'm going to college right but um like I, I, I do i need to go that could be debatable right but um so why do you want to go me yeah college i mean if anyone from nyu or u penn is is impressed by this episode you want to like slide me up you know <laughs> I want to go to NYU, UPenn. I feel like the most talent is there. I, w- I want to go and build a strong network, learn from professors that have ex- extraordinary experiences, and gain as much as knowledge as I can. You want to be a doctor, right? Huh? You want to be a doctor, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I got you. Because that can make me money too, you know? And again, you're helping somebody. Like, uh, as much as you can help somebody build a business, at, at the end of the day, that's that's great and all. But helping someone at their lowest of the lowest, after, right after a car accident, or they, they have just committed an overdose, right? Or they tried to commit suicide. You're, you're by them. You're a stranger, but you're by them at their lowest point, and you're building them up. I don't think there's anything better in life than that. Being by somebody's side when, they're, when, they're, when they think no one's there for them. You know what I mean? I feel like that's just, you can't get better than that. So then the parallel between business and being a doctor and everything is adding value to people's life, basically. Adding value. Yeah, exactly. And again, let me reiterate the thing. Does your product add value to somebody's life? And and in multiple perspectives. In your perspective, it might. But in my perspective, I might say, hell no, get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? So you really, really have to think about that. That's the core. The, the, if there's one thing you need to take away from this episode, that, that's exactly what you would take away.